You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Happy New Year! Welcome to a new year of Rico Bronia. Hoffman and I said we need to give you content every three days, no matter what. So we thought to ourselves, what's the best way to ring in 2023? And the answer is to not be negative. Because a lot of times on the Rico, rightfully so, there's a lot of negativity. Whether it's things we didn't like from the offseason, whether it's a brutal Met loss, whether it's the season ending in shame after winning 101 games, there is a lot of negativity. Today, we are going to give you all positive, I promise. I mean, there may be a negative slipped in. But all positive year in review from 2022. Because it was a year where the Mets did win 101 games. So we will go through the entire season and kind of relive all the really good moments and completely ignore the negative. That's what we're doing to open the year because there'll be plenty of negative as the year rolls on. And as we were doing and going through this project and thinking back to the games and moments of the 2022 season, it did remind me, in case you forgot, that this was an incredibly fun season. Because we came up with 12 games, moments from those games, but really 12 games that were freaking awesome, that featured incredible moments, that featured raw, animalistic excitement. And honestly, most seasons don't feature that many. You know, there's a handful, even in a bad season. But normally, you don't get as many as we got in 2022. So that doesn't make up for the fact that it ended in shame. <laughs> that doesn't delete the fact that we got freaking swept by the Atlanta Braves and lost in three to the Padres, but there were a lot of positive moments. So let's go back to, in my opinion, the first one. And look, there are going to be moments we miss. Opening day, the Mets beat the Diamondbacks. They unveiled the Tom Seaver statue. Trust me, that was great. That was fantastic. But we don't want to be here for five hours, all right? So we really had to narrow it down to the 12 great ones. The first game slash moment that really jumped out at me, that made me think, wow, maybe this team is special, was that game in St. Louis back in late April. They opened up a three-game series against the Cardinals. The Mets were off to a good start. We were 12-5 and at the time. We were four games up, first place National League East, so everything was fantastic. But we were playing a game against the Cardinals that was so freaking frustrating. Max Scherzer is pitching for the Mets. He's only making his fourth start of the year. He's 3-0 to begin his Met career, and he's brilliant. He is fantastic. In fact, he pitches seven scoreless innings. He only throws 101 pitches, but God forbid he goes more than that. He comes out of the game. The problem is the Met offense did absolutely nothing. They had a handful of opportunities against Miles Michaelis, 
could not break through, and it was a 0-0 game into the eighth inning, and that's when Trevor May crapped the bet, as you may recall. He gave up a two-run single to Tyler O'Neill, and it looked like we were destined for a very typical Met loss. We can't hit. We can't score. The starting pitching is great. Our bullpen comes in and just blows what was a close game, and now we're about to lose 2-0. We're about to get mowed down in the ninth inning by Hofsky, Giovanni Gallegos. Wasn't he on your fantasy team during this game? Of course. Is that, is that, what is it? If, if they're on our fantasy team, they're automatically our guy, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Hoff was very mixed as this was happening because Gallegos is about to get him a save. Okay, I'll take that at least. And then something crazy happened. Mark Canna came up with a runner on second and two out down, two nothing. We're down to our final strike and just kept battling and battling and battling. And then finally comes up with like a cheap, lucky infield hit. But in the process, Nolan Arenado, the most brilliant defensive third baseman of our time, not only can't make the play, which led to the infield hit, but he makes a wild throw, which allows the first run to score. And it allows, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, well, Mark can actually stayed on first base, but it allowed the first run to score. Two to one, two outs. Okay, we're not dead yet. Jeff McNeil, first pitch, rips a double. Here we go. We're in it. We're in it. And then Dom Smith, of all people, comes through with this two-run infield hit single. Brandon Nimmo hits a home run, and we explode all over St. Louis, and we beat them by a final score of 5-2. to two. It was magical. Now, Hoff has pulled a clip from every single game that I think is going to best represent that victory. But I didn't want to hear any of them. Now, so it's all a surprise. So if you love the clip that Pete played, you say, Hoff, what a great job. Or you could just say that was obvious, Pete. You really didn't do anything special. If the call doesn't represent what we wanted, then we just make fun of Pete. It's very simple. So, Mets win 5-2. to two. Let's call it magic in St. Louis. And Dom pulls one over the bag. Goldschmidt with a sprawling stop. The race to the bag. And Dom is safe. And two runs score. And the Mets take the lead. Nah, you nailed that one, Pete. <laughs> that was tremendous. The one and only highlight for Dom Smith all season long. I know. That was so awesome because it was an infield hit. They're second and third. We're down by a run. So obviously, once Smith beats it, we all know at home, okay, tie game. But we don't know at the time is that Jeff McNeil's running his ass off around third base and he scores the lead run. Brandon Nemo, next pitch, two run home run to break the game open. That was a tremendous victory for so many reasons. A, Nolan Arenado makes a rare error. B, I thought maybe Dom was going to wake up because he was off to a slow start. But it was just, it was clutch. Because even after the Arenado error, the Mets still needed back-to-back hits to even tie the game. So uh, this game, especially against the Cardinals, a team we all can't stand, that right from late April led me to think, huh, this team's got balls, man. That was a great victory right out of the gate. No question, dude. They get that set up for a lot of uh, good comp. Listen, the, the the series against the Cardinals all season long were were always intense. Like the, the split double header and stuff like that. There was a lot going on, and it just this kind of started it off. It really did. A couple days later, it was a Friday night. The Mets were playing the Philadelphia Phillies. I was not going to that game that night. I had kind of pre-planned it, and I was very very tired. I'm not really sure the reason. It was probably one of my sons keeping me up all night. So I did something I really don't do often. You know, I'll DVR a game, but then I'll eventually catch up because 
I get home from work. I get home after the game starts. I really don't have an option. I don't like to miss pitches. I score every game. Most people know how insane I am. So I'll start a game 45 minutes late, and then either I'll catch up at some point, or if I start it really late, maybe I'll finish the game 20, 30 minutes late. Nothing crazy. On this Friday night, April 29th, I was exhausted. It was it was just I could not keep my eyes open. I remember telling my wife, I'm going to bed. Like I, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night because I can't sleep a full night without knowing how my team did, whether it's the Nets, whether it's the Mets. This would never be the case with the Jets because it's football. Um, so I went to bed, not thinking anything of it. You know, okay, it's Aaron Nola versus Tyler McGill. It's a Friday night. It's Mets-Phillies. It is what it is. I wake up at about, I'd say midnight, and I got energy. I feel good. I'm, I'm excited. You know, Mets are... 14 and 6. We're three games up in first place. I'm excited. Mets just had an off day. Let's go watch Mets baseball. And I'm watching this game and I'm scoring it. And things are going, you know, okay. It's a 0 0 game. Bottom of the fifth inning. They finally break through. Jeff McNeil, who is clutch all year, gets a two run single. Uh, Pete Alonso hits a home run in the sixth inning. And it hit me really as McGill got through the fifth because he put a couple of guys on base. Uh, it was a tricky spot in that fifth inning because at the time it was a 0 0 game. He struck out that pain in the ass, Odubel Herrera. And as he finished the inning, I'm looking down at my scorebook and I said, oh, crap, he hasn't allowed a hit. Now, there was no drama of McGill remaining in the game much longer. He did come out in the sixth inning for Drew Smith. And again, it was another one of those innings where, you know, Phillies had a base runner. Phillies put a guy on base. Same thing in the seventh inning when Joe Ellie Rodriguez eventually came in the game. There's a guy on base. But as the seventh inning is going on, and it was, I think it was, it was Joely himself who got the double play on Alec Bohm to end the inning. I'm wondering, oh, crap. Except I didn't say crap. I said, oh, shit. I was like, oh, shit. Are we going to pitch a no-hitter? Because it's 2 o'clock in the morning. So whatever happened, happened. And now I've got this very mixed feeling. Because in the past, I never wanted to not be there for a Mets no-hitter. I was lucky enough to be there when Johan threw it. So that eased my tension a little bit. This is a combined no-hitter, so it's a little bit different. But I'm mixed. My stomach is kind of aching a little bit. Like, oh, crap. I, do I want the no-hitter? Mets are winning this game 3 nothing. I feel okay. Eighth inning comes around. Joely Rodriguez puts a guy on base. He goes to Seth Lugo. It's the top of the order. And when he fell behind... Segura and then Hoskins. I thought, oh, there's no doubt Lugo's giving up a hit. Like, there's just no doubt. When Lugo got through the eighth and he got Hoskins to pop it up and the crowd is electric and Gary Cohen is, you know, all excited, now I'm scared. <laughs> now I'm, I, I'm, I'm staring down at my phone thinking, the answer's right here. All I've got to do is go to my text messages and I know the outcome of this. Bottom of the eighth inning takes forever. Mets threaten. They don't score a run. And I knew from the get-go when Edwin Diaz came in, and this is still early in the season, so we're not convinced yet that Edwin Diaz has really figured it out to the level that he did in 2022. But when he struck out Bryce Harper to start the ninth inning, I knew it. I knew what was about to happen. And he left no doubt. He strikes out Castellanos. He strikes out Rio Muto. And even though it had occurred five hours earlier, I my jaw's on the ground because for the second time in history, the Mets had a no-hitter. He struck him out. 
the finishing touches, striking out the side of the ninth inning. And the Mets celebrate their second ever no-hitter, started by Tomor McGill, finished by Edwin Diaz, as the Mets no-hit the Phillies. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Mets no hit the Phillies. I, I was stunned sitting there. Then I check my phone. I see all the messages. I'm texting my dad, and I'm like, damn, this is, this is crazy. So it was very surreal. I'll never forget that night of actually starting the game as late as I did, which was very unorthodox. And now all these months later, no regrets. Like, it, it happens. I'm, I don't go to every single game anymore. I go to, I still go to a lot, especially having two kids, maybe half the games. And there's always that risk. And I do have to admit, the combined no-hitter, Still an accomplishment, still cool, still a, a really cool night, but not the same as the singular no-hitter. And I think as time goes by with less guys pitching nine innings, I think that's going to make the singular no-hitter even bigger than it used to be. Because we're going to see combined no-hitters. I mean, we saw it in the World Series. Think about that. Like, that's crazy after the legend of Dom Larson and even Roy Halladay joining him, uh, you know, decades and decades later doing it in the Divisional Series. There is something kind of missing about the combined no-hitter. But nevertheless, off, it was a cool night, that's for sure. Yeah, and I don't even remember where I picked it up, too, because I think it was, like, casually watching that game. So I definitely didn't see Mc- – I picked it up as McGill was taken out already. But I didn't get any text messages, and I think that you're talking about that the same lore of, like, the fact that it wasn't a single pitcher going the whole way. I would have got buzzed sooner. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and it was – it was also easy not to realize it because the Phillies had guys on base. So other than seeing the zero when SNY would go to commercial break, you watch that game, it's easy to just forget it was a no-hitter because the Phillies had plenty of guys on base. And and the other thing about after the game was over, if I'm correct, the quote from Edwin Diaz was he didn't even know there was a, a no-hitter going on. That's it, crazy. And, and to me – that just shows how locked in he was that we didn't even realize how how amazing of a season he was going to have because they were he was just locked in to every single outing. It, it was a very good sign early that Diaz was so dominant. Heart of the order, no hitter, whether he knew it or not, which I'm not I'm kind of skeptical of that. The crowd was rocking in a playoff like atmosphere. I thought that was a oddly enough like an early preview of the big moments he would face so I thought it was a positive sign that Diaz answered the call as brilliantly as he did Uh, another game and this may be the topper occurred about a week later on May 5th the Mets were in Philadelphia playing the Philadelphia Phillies and they're getting their ass kicked Um, Taiwan Walker started the game and right at a jump really struggled he gave up four runs early 
The Mets had a big error early in this game by Francisco Lindor. They were down 4 nothing right out of the gate. They're down 5 nothing. They're actually down 7 nothing after only three innings. And Taiwan Walker came out after four. He gave up back-to-back home runs to Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos in the fourth inning. It was just one of those days. And it happens. Aaron Nola's pitching well. The Mets are getting their ass kicked. Starling Marte at a home run in the sixth inning. Big deal, 7-1. And even in the ninth inning, Francisco Lindor, who at the time was slumping, and like I mentioned, made, made a big error earlier in the game, hits a two-run home run in the seventh inning that made it 7-3. And I admit, I said to the TV, great. You do it in the biggest moment, Francisco. Thanks for nothing. Little did I know <laughs> that it was the impetus for a rally that came out of nowhere. Double by Pete Alonso. Line out by Escobar. Then back-to-back hits that made it 7-3. to three. Then Dom Smith strikes out. Now, Dom was really, really struggling despite that big moment he had against St. Louis. And here they are, trailing in this baseball game, 7-4, to four, The tying run, I think at this point, is at the plate. And the batter was J.D. Davis. And he rips an RBI double. And once he got the double, that all of a sudden made this, I think, a 7-5 game, if I'm doing my math correctly. I loved it because I trusted Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo came up with a chance to, to, I guess it was tied. Yeah, it was to tie the game at that point. It was 7-5. And there were uh, runners on second and third. See, he came up with a chance to tie the baseball game. And that's when I started to believe for the first time during that ninth inning rally, they may come back. Because despite Nimmo having a quiet night, I just trusted him. And he came through with a two-run single. And then even after they tied the game, great. They they, got to go take the lead. And Starling Marte on the first pitch smoked one off the fence in center. The Mets had completed an insane rally to take an 8-7 to seven a lead. But you have to pause for a second. Because even though they complete this incredible ninth inning rally to go ahead 8-7, to seven, Edwin Diaz still has to save the game. And like I mentioned earlier, we're still not fully convinced about Edwin Diaz. He was off to a very good start through April. Don't get me wrong. Not ripping the guy. But... I don't know. We still have the old Edwin Diaz taste in our mouth. And to his credit, one, two, three. And the New York Mets pulled off their largest ninth inning rally in 25 years. Another game I remember vividly, it was a rally against the Expos where they were trailing six to nothing in the ninth inning. And they tied the game on a Carl Everett grand slam and then won it on a Bernard Gilkey home run. Uh, I think in the 10th, 11th, 12th inning, something like that. So, an incredible, incredible comeback. Well, here is Marte now. Nimmo, good lead at first. The pitch, swinging a high fly ball. Left center field, pretty deep. It's got some legs back near the wall. It's in for a hit. Mets are going to take the lead. Nimmo around third, coming home. He scores standing. Double for Marte. Eight to seven, New York. That fans who made the trip. Didn't have much to cheer about the first half of this game, but oh, has that changed? The 0-2. See, he struck him out, and the ball game is over. Yeah. Edwin Diaz with a 1-2-3 ninth, and the Mets with a phenomenal victory. Phenomenal victory. Phen- I think for a lot of people listening, that may be number one on your list because 7-1 in the ninth inning? To score eight runs against the hated Philadelphia Phillies? That's, oh, kind, of, that's kind of a low-key call right there by Garrett. Not for nothing. Phenomenal? Like, like that should have been 
extraordinary. That, that, I should he should have been like out of his seat, eyes popping out of his head. Like, what the hell did we just witness? You know why I think he he was a little low key for it because at that point. Edwin Diaz is just mowing people down after 20 minutes earlier the Mets had come back. So I wonder if at that point, they just in his voice, there was no drama. <laughs> you know, it was just <laughs> over. The game is over. I don't know. I don't know.